Welcome to another episode of the Chiefs Wire podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, we hear from Tyran Matthew and Tyreek Hill during their weekly press conferences as they set up for the big matchup at the AFC Championship game against Tennessee. The Cali Chief leads a very spirited group together during this week's Red Friday Roundtable as they give you everything you need to know about the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tennessee Titans. But first, let's start things off with Tariq Hill as he discusses his skill set heading into this Sunday's matchup against the Titans defense. Oh, um, I'm very excited, you know, um, just to get another opportunity. I mean, I'm sure my teammates are just, just as excited as I am, you know, because last year we came up short. I'm sure that everyone in the locker room is uh, just as hungry as I am. What lessons from last year's loss to this year? Um, we um, definitely can't start out slow. I mean, uh, obviously, last game we, we started out slow, but was able to um, dig ourselves um, out of the hole. But I feel like you can't do that against every team, you know? So we just got to start out fast. Tyreek, is overcoming adversity like last week, where you guys were down 24 to nothing, mm-hmm. but you came back and you won by 20 points? Yeah. Is that kind of a result? a good way to go to the next level, prepare you for the next big stage, big opponent for that trophy? Uh, yes, ma'am. I mean, I guess you can say that. First half of the season, I recognize you missed a lot of these games. We asked mm-hmm. you guys a lot about man-to-man defense. So right. We've seen a lot of it. Last week, you saw almost exclusively man-to-man defense. What's led to the progress you guys have made in that gap? Well, I feel like nobody in the um, NFL can um, guard any of us. I mean, and that's no disrespect to nobody. That's just the confidence that I got, I mean, in myself and just the wideouts I got around me, including the tight ends and the running backs. I feel like no DB unit, no secondary unit, no linebacker or any defense can guard any of us. So man-to-man is just easy for us to beat. And if you just allow us to, to just run through zones, it's even easier. So, Terry, thinking about this game last year, in what ways Well, I feel like uh, I'm a better blocker. You know, I feel like um, in order to be the best receiver in the game, you got to be able to to be good at um, every aspect of the game. I mean, I can catch, I can run routes, I can jump with about anybody in the game, but I want to be able to block for my running backs and for my teammates. You know, I want to be able to put somebody on the ground. I want to be able, you know what I'm saying, when it's like fourth and one, I want Coach Reed to call my number and say, Tyreek, I want you to go in there and blow that linebacker up. Like, I, like, I want to make plays like that for my teammates. And also, I enjoy running D-Wheel um, D now, so that's fun, too. How do you feel about Parker? Do you want to be back there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, I feel like um, that's how I came into the league, and that's what I'm um, always hold my head on, you know what I'm saying, as a prompt returner. I mean, I don't call myself a return specialist, but I am a, I, I mean, I do enjoy doing prompt return. The special teams have had some bumps. You guys had some great plays, right? Getting right. into it, but you guys had some rough ones. Right, right. To, to kind of dig the hole. What the, the special team has been a little rocky in the moment. It's been so good for so long around here. Can you put your finger on why there's maybe been some struggles this year? I mean, I mean, I, I, I really can't, I really can't just say what it is. But I, I, I mean, all I can say is that on the last game, my muff was just on me, just trying to make a play. You know, um, just everything just built up inside of me, just wanting to make a big play for my team. But I, I got to understand that. This is a team game, and I got to understand that we got to go to the next play, you know. So, and we got uh, a, a good offense, so I just got to understand that and just try not to make a big play every time. The last team to beat you guys was Tennessee down there. It was right. A crazy game. Back and forth. You guys had to lead in the fourth quarter. It was just a couple little plays didn't quite go your way. What can you take from the experience of that game this year? It's basically the same team for this 
Uh, we just got to finish. I mean, including myself. Um, um, as I go back and watch the film, I mean, I had a few key drops that um, on the last drive. So I just gotta, I just gotta look those in and just make the plays um, when my number is called. You know. Is, is it difficult? Uh, you guys have had games where you guys have dominated the time of possession. You've also had games where mm -hmm. they have, and you've, and you've won those. Is that hard? You guys have so much confidence. You've had so much success. Is it difficult if a team is getting that running game going, which we know the Titans have done a great job of? To kind of sit there and be patient, and, right? And, and not try to go out and hit the home run every time. I mean, as an offense, I mean, it doesn't matter how we score, score whether it's one play, twelve play, or twenty plays. I mean, as long as we get the job done, you know. I mean, we gonna control what we can control. Obviously, we want to win the, the um, time of possession because that's gonna obviously keep Derrick Henry and the Titans off, off the field. So we're just gonna score. Whenever. When they're dominating the ball, do you find yourself getting antsy or nah. calm yourself down? Nah, like, nah, because that gives us more time to sit on the um, on the bench and get our booties warm. Come <laughs> on, guys. What do you admire the most about the way Andy Reid calls plays and controls the game? Ah, man, he's like a magician. Like when he's calling plays, um, even at practice, like he's like calling plays and just like drawing them up, like he's like Houdini or something. It's crazy. Um, so it's fun. I mean, he gets everyone. Like, like he gets everyone involved, you know. Like, so like you never know where the ball is coming because you got, you got, you got Sammy going on a shallow cross, or you got me going on a post. You got Kelsey going across the field. You got me Cole doing some kind of crazy route. D Rob doing a crazy route. D D Will faking. You got all kind of crazy stuff in the mix. All of that in, and then you got an MVP quarterback. So you can do whatever you, you want. And to that extent, uh, you know, Eric Bieniemy right. plays as well. Right. His contribution. Obviously, you know, he's back in the coaching gig this, this season going around, but, you know, he'll call him a play on Sunday where you are down 24-0, 24-7. Right. And you score, you know, uh, 40, 40-some-odd, 50-some-odd points after that. I mean, I feel like what people fail to realize about um, EB is that he's a tremendous leader. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I'm very thankful to have him in his organization. You know, um, he does call plays, him and Coach Reed. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they get in the office on, like, Monday, well, Sunday after the game, Mondays, Tuesdays, and they put these plays together for us. And, I mean, our job is really easy. All we got to do is just go out there and run, you know. So, I mean, credit, credit to, to um, Coach EB, man, because he, he does a phenomenal job each and every day, you know what I'm saying. Um, he brings energy, like, every day, you know. So there, there's never, never a dull day where um, you don't walk through the hallways and you don't hear EB saying, famine, famine, feast go get it or something like that, you know what I'm saying? Because he's always motivating all of us. I mean, even when we're down, he's motivating, mo motivating us. So I'm thankful to have him. Okay. Thanks. For more information on this story and others, head over to ChiefsWire.com and we'll give you all the details you need on the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up next, the Chiefs Wire Podcast Roundtable. I'm not just talking about this show. It's the Red Friday Roundtable with the Cali Chief. We are all back. We are all back in the AFC Championship game. And it's back in Arrowhead. As I was predicting a couple weeks back, we were talking about this. Me and a number of my guests, 
how the path to redemption could be Texans who beat us. They're done. Titans who defeated us. They're on deck. And who knows, maybe those Packers make it through and we make it through and it's a rematch of Super Bowl one in the earlier game this year where Patrick Mahomes didn't get to play and we almost pulled that one off, but they got us. We could redeem three of our four losses this year, discarding the fourth one because they didn't make the playoffs, the Colts, next year maybe. But right now, it's time to talk some championship weekend football. And I can think of no better guest than to start it off with than Hong Forrest, the Chiefs fangirl, who's been there all along with these predictions, and she knows what we're talking about. How are you doing today, Hong? I am doing so awesome. Thanks so much. How are you? Oh, my. I'm doing so good. <laughs> I'm doing so well. I'm very excited about this weekend. Um, I love listening to the pundits and how they paraphrase things and how they misinterpret things. I listen to uh, NFL Network as much as I could stomach during the um, championship week pressers, they called it. I listened to Lafleur, Matt Lafleur, the head coach of the Packers, talking about different aspects of the game and the contest last time, this time, whatever. And they posed the question, uh, what do you think of George Kittle? And he says, you know, he's like, talked about this and that. And, you know, the big debate around the NFL is who's the best tight end. And we in Chiefs Kingdom all know that's 87 Travis Kelsey. George is no slouch. George is very good. George topped Travis by yardage last year by a little bit. Travis had the record for most yards by a tight end. And then George took it by, like, I think, 13 or something like that the next few hours because they played after us. But if it's one pass down the seam, double covered by a safety and a big corner, give me Travis Kelsey seven days a week and twice on Sunday. George is good. George is a beast. George gets the ball in his hands five yards from the line of scrimmage. He might steamroll a few more guys than Travis, but Travis might just leave guys in the dust, and I'll take that. Matt LaFleur's comment was he thinks George is the most well-rounded tight end in the NFL. I'd agree. I'd agree. I'd put him a number of degrees below Travis as a receiver. He's very good. Travis is great. George is very, very good. Travis is great. George is also a very, very good blocker. Travis is good. I will take great over good in any conversation. And in this day and age, in the old (laughs) wide-open offenses of the NFL, those are two traits that tight ends need to do. The number one trait is catching that football, making plays with that football. And I give Travis a little margin on that. But LaFleur said, you know, I think he's the most well-balanced. I think that's a nice way of saying I think he's really good. He didn't say he's the best. He didn't say he's the – he could have easily said, I think he's the best tight end in the NFL. That seems to roll off people's tongues really easy when they're talking about Travis Kelsey. Oh, he's the best tight end in the NFL. He said, I think he's the most well-rounded. And I would agree with that, but I think he's number two. Meanwhile, they talked to Andy Reid, and Andy Reid talked about Travis Kelsey, and they said, oh, injury this, injury that, how about that? He goes, well, you know, he's out there. He's like dinged up a little bit in the game, but he's like, he's moving around. He's moving around better than he was last week. And he goes, you know, there's not much to see today because this was yesterday, mind you. There's not much to see today because, you know, there's not much going on. It's a light practice. So we'll, we'll get out there and see what's what. Okay, so moving around better than last week. Not much to see because it's a light practice anyway. We'll get what we can out of it. And George Kittle, most well-rounded tight end. Lastly, talking about Chris Jones. How's Chris Jones' injury looking? How's his calf looking? Well, it's getting better. It's getting better. He's progressing, you know. We'll see how things go. We'll know by the end of the week. We'll see. It's day-to-day right now. The translation we get from Andrew Siciliano. I'm calling you out, Andrew. (laughs) Andrew Siciliano's translation of those phrases are Matt LaFleur. There you have it. Matt LaFleur called George Kittle the best tight end in the NFL. 
Then he says, Andy said that Travis is injured. There's going to be limited practice for Travis today. We don't know. It's it's this dark, ominous wording. I'm like, that's not what he said. Twice in a row, that's not what he said. And the last one being Chris Jones. And they made basically made it sound like he's out. He's not going to oh, he, it sounds like it sounds bad for for Chris Jones. I'm like, dude, you just took the most negative turn on all those things and the most positive for George and didn't say what he just said to you. So I'm going to turn you guys off now because you're driving me a little kooky. And a lot of the pundits that earlier in the week were all about the Chiefs and the offense have now turned around to say that the Titans are the hottest team in the NFL. <laughs> the hottest, Really, the team that scored 51 points in two quarters and 10 minutes, that's not the hottest team in the NFL? Okay, sure. Um, but yeah, let's get into some of that. What are your thoughts on all these, uh, these conversation pieces? I think that people say what they think wants to that people say what they think people want to hear. And I think that we as chiefs kingdom know that we have a really fantastic, great team, but we are under the radar. So it's, it's one of those quietly understated teams. I would, I'd agree with that most of the time. And this season, largely, we have been that. We've been that way. We've, Travis is, you know, has been kind of nicked up this season. And then this last game, he, sure he was did. still supposedly injured, but he looked better this last week than he did all season long. And he took that game, he took that game over. Patrick, forget about it. Patrick's moving around like crazy. I asked Talon last week, Talon Graff, the coach, he couldn't be with us this week, but I posed a question to him. I said, first of all, will Patrick Mahomes outrush Deshaun Watson and, if he does, what does that mean for the Texans? He kind of giggled. He said, well, first he goes, yeah, I mean, you know, Patrick's looking better. He's moving around better and stuff. But, you know, I doubt he's going to outrush Deshaun Watson. But, if he, I mean, if he managed to, they'd be in trouble. I said, I submit to you, sir, that I think he's going to outrush him, and it's going to mean they're getting beat. They're getting whooped. And Patrick Mahomes was the leading rusher in that football game. This team that ran all over us, supposedly, last time we played them. And look out for Carlos Hyde. Patrick Mahomes outrushed Carlos Hyde. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damian Williams outrushed Carlos Hyde and outrushed Deshaun Watson. Patrick Mahomes outrushed Deshaun Watson. Patrick Mahomes was not sacked. Deshaun Watson was sacked multiple times. Mostly by Frank Clark, one by Dorian O'Daniel. Yes. This team is on fire. This team is doing things that they haven't done since last year. Because the mobility's back, baby. Patrick's arsenal has been there since he came back into the Titans game. And, oh, by the way, coming off injury, threw for 400 and almost 50 yards and three touchdowns would have been four. One got called back, even though he was limited to staying inside the pocket. He tried to do that roll at the end of the game. He did not look like himself. He just got on the ground. Tell you what, he rolls out like that again and has a step on those linebackers. It's a 20-yard run, possibly a touchdown. Mm -hmm. So he did all that. When he was a less mobile quarterback, he's fully back now. Right. Titans. You're in our building now. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, who stood out to you? Who was your, if you had to give a player of the game, there's so many guys made great plays. What was, what was your feeling watching that game? I can only pick one. Are you limiting me really to just one? <laughs> Let's start with one and see where it goes from there. All right. Well, we had to start with one. I thought Travis Kelsey had a phenomenal day, just like you said, coming yeah. off of a week where he was somewhat limited in practice with the bruised knee, the sore knee. I thought he had a phenomenal game. Uh, you know, the first quarter aside, first quarter, I think we were there were a lot of miscues, a lot of miscommunication, dropped passes, fumbled, botched passes and whatnot. 
Right. But I think that aside, Travis Kelsey had a phenomenal game. And then I have to mention it. It's worth mentioning, too. I'm going to go two and three now. Are you ready? Sure, go ahead. Go get it. Go get it. <laughs> Frank Clark, yes. because he was just a beast running all over the field. And uh, also, Dirty Dan Sorensen. <laughs> there he is. I'm going to have to give... I'm going to have to give Frank Clark a new nickname, folks. I think we're going to start calling him Taz down here because he was like oh the Tasmanian gosh. devil back there. He just, the they snap the ball and it's like, he's just like all over the place. You can't hold me. You can't stop up. me. Just going after it. And it's exactly what we need on that defensive line this week. And Dirty Dan, I mean, golden voice here. She knows. That's my spirit animal there. It Don't be sure talking is. bad about Dirty Dan. She's kingdom. <laughs> Y'all be hating on him last couple of years. Got to get rid of Sutton. Got to get rid of Dirty Dan. I'm like, well, easy, easy. Dirty's making some plays. I don't know if you're watching the games I'm watching, but he's making some plays. And he didn't disappoint this past week. Gosh, he did not. Frank has turned into the guy we traded for. Absolutely. He's back. He's all the way back. He is not to be denied. The man is on fire and he wants everyone to know it. He's shouting it from the rooftops. People think that Chief fans largely, and then some pundits are disrespecting the Titans or underestimating the Titans or this, that, and the other. What do you think the guys on defense think when everyone's talk of the town is, well, how are you going to stop that guy, that one guy, that running back, that big? And the narrative is that he's just, we've never seen anything like this. And I have a very specific take on this. I want to hear what your thoughts are on that. That, that disrespect to our defense, which since week 10, has allowed 95 yards a game. Right. Has allowed 12 points a game. Has been the second overall pass defense in the league. That's not Dan Marino back there throwing for them. Tannehill's had a little come on. He's been doing a little better than he had in his entire career. Much better in a number of games. The last two games, he has had like combined, his stats are the equivalent of maybe an average to below average game. Mm-hmm. That's not going to work this week. Not at all. He's really going to have to turn it on and do some really, really big plays to make this happen this week. But um, don't count out our defense. Yeah, there. Uh, we've spoken about this before. Derrick Henry is a beast when it comes to the run game. He sure. is like everyone's dream running back, right? Tailback to be able to have on your team. But gosh, our defense is phenomenal. We are able to... Mine exactly. Let me just interject real quick. Mm-hmm. Mine, I, mine actually with this type of offense would be a Marshall Falk type or mm-hmm. Ladanian Tomlinson. Can you imagine Ladanian Tomlinson L-T. in this offense? Oh Gosh. my goodness! Wow. Can we try three thousand yards? <laughs> <laughs> Mostly on sixty-yard runs. But anyway, sorry, I digress. Go on. No, he, no, Derek, that's Derek's fine. a beast. Go on. Yes, he is a beast. But we are discounting the fact that like we've got a healthy, complete defense who's come together over these weeks. You and I have talked many times about how that Titans game was that one anomaly game because it could have been our victory. It could have very well been our victory. And that's something that I think that people discount. And the fact that we're going to have players active this weekend, like Mike Pennell who I was extremely disappointed that he was not active when we played the Titans originally in the regular season. So we've got players who are going to be ready to hit, ready to go, and just ready to stop Derrick Henry's run. I've been watching fans in Chiefs Kingdom all week long talk about, we've got to hit Derrick Henry below the, you know, at at the legs. We can't hit him up top or anything like that. So I, and Chiefs Kingdom knows this. If you've watched any of the pressers this week, that's all they've been talking about, how we've got to stop the engine. We've got to take out the legs. We've got to cut uh, 
the, sure. you know, cut the engine where we need to hit it. Because if we hit up top, I think, um, who was it? Somebody said, oh, Tyron said that it felt like he was hitting a, a, a wall when he hit when he was tackling Derrick Henry in that week. So I think that our defense is well aware. They are smart. They've been studying film like crazy, and they've been doing their homework, and they know how to attack Derrick Henry's run game. Absolutely. It's going to be a matter of – I just feel like it's been a total disrespect to our defensive line or front seven, how our team has improved massively against the run, and it sucks that Juan Thornhill's hurt. And I hope we have Armani Watson back there and Fuller back there and them ranging around to make up for that lack of speed. Because to be fair, you know, my spirit animal, Dan, isn't quite as fast as Juan Thornhill. Juan was a pretty quick kid. He's also a rookie. Um, Dan was largely in position this past game. He makes tackles on tackles. Look at his numbers, people. The guy makes plays. Okay. And he's smart. But having Dan. He's so smart. He's smart and have. And he's not small. He's like 6'2", and between 215 and 220, having him up in the box is a nice little asset when you want to slow down a big running back. Those guys across the board. Do you think, audience, that Chris Jones is afraid of Derrick Henry in a collision? I do not think so. I think he and Mike Pinnell and Derek Nottie and these thick dudes in there all want a piece of him. And the big key is going to be, Do we catch him inside two yards beyond the line of scrimmage and behind the line of scrimmage, or do we let him get beyond that two- or three-yard barrier after the line of scrimmage? If you do, then you have some issues. If he starts getting up ahead of steam, granted, he's a tough guy to bring down. But this narrative that's going around, first of all, you know, I love me some Shannon Sharp on Undisputed. They do some great stuff. But these guys talking about, oh, no, he's got to be like 6'5 and Hmm. 260. He was drafted. The NFL Combine measures guys accurately. He was 6'3 at 22 years old. I don't think he suddenly grew two inches, unless he's taking some growth hormone or something, and I don't think he is. I think he's just naturally beastly. <laughs> he's, he's about 6'3, maybe 6'3 and change. Let's say 255. Let's say he's gained some weight since he left college. People say they've never seen anything like this guy before. I can name at least two guys that were with the same franchise. Okay, we got seven years of Earl Campbell. And granted, Earl was only 5'11", but he was 235-plus packed into that 5'11". And some guys say he was closer to 250. Okay, that dude was a truck. Fast, big, strong, running through guys, running over guys, just like Derrick Henry. Then they got Eddie George. Six foot three, about 245, 250. Fast, big, strong, running through guys, running over guys, except for Ray Lewis. There was one game where he bested Ray, but most of the time Ray seemed to have his number. But yeah, they've had two big backs. Seven years of Earl, eight years of Eddie George. People have compared Derrick Henry to the Rambassador, Eric Dickerson. Okay, six two and a half, almost six three, let's say two twenty five. Bigger guy. He's probably faster. I think he was a little faster than Derek. A little shiftier. Those three big backs. How many rings? Mm-hmm. Let's add them up. <laughs> Zero people okay and one comparison that people tried to make this week was well he's breaking terrell davis's records who was the quarterback of the denver broncos when terrell davis broke those records john elway the man in this matchup in this matchup right here we have the john elway exactly they don't have the john elway we've got the john elway so people are just dismissing patrick mahomes and this offense i don't understand I mean, Travis had a decent game against them, multiple touchdowns. He had a great Mm -hmm. game last week. Tyree Kill had 157 yards on 10 catches and two scores last time. I think Tyreek, this is my gut feeling. I I think Tyreek's going to go over 200. 
Gosh, I think I so, think too. I he's, think he's the healthiest he's been all year. He's pumped. He's been hearing all the trash all week long. It's just like, dude, in our house, he's like, he cannot wait. I just want to get him in a little bit of open field, a little bit of open space, and let oh. him go. And that's the thing is people, it's like, well, you know, that Derek keeps pounding on you. Yeah, but okay. But let's say, you know, they get the ball first and they don't score. And then we do. And let's say they get the ball again and they get a field goal. And then we get another touchdown. And let's say they get one more drive and Derek's up to like 15 carries now and they get to punt again. And we score again. Okay, now it's 21 to 3. And if those drives have taken any kind of time, we're getting close to halftime. And we get the ball first after halftime. We score again. It's 28 to 3. Are they going to stick with the run? Do they think they're going to run back into the game? Because here's a little number bomb I wanted to drop on you. <laughs> okay. Regarding the run game. Derrick Henry is a beast. This is undisputable. But his rushing yards are not enough to win a football game. You need points. I couldn't agree more. You need points in the NFL to win football games. You're going to need to score against the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you settle for field goals... It's going to be a long, brutal day for you guys, Titans fans, because this team, this Kansas City Chiefs team, they got a little, they got a little jab in the nose, a little bloody nose that first part of the game last week. <laughs> you could say that, that they weren't again. expecting, <laughs> and most of it was self-imposed. Honestly, they were running into the ring to have the fight, and they stepped on a rake. Mm-hmm. They didn't even get punched. They really stepped on the rake. They got a little jab from that one over the top. That was a good one. We had a broken, broken down coverage. They got a score. Looked like it could have been tough. If you're, you know, a fan that wasn't really aware of who's on this Chiefs roster, but they got a little taste of can't let that happen, and everybody starts making comparisons to the Ravens game. We have Patrick Mahomes. Okay, Baltimore might have the incumbent MVP, and Lamar had a great season. The dude had one playoff loss and was coming off of a three-week break. How do you think that was going to break? Exactly, I Baltimore Raven fans. Yeah, that was too long to sit him. Way too long. Way too long. And I feel for John Harbaugh because, I mean, I don't feel for him. The guy's wealthy <laughs> and doing great and life's awesome and he's blessed. But he, he was danged if he did and danged if he didn't. If he starts Lamar Jackson in Week 17, people, if Lamar gets hurt, he's a moron for putting him in a meaningless football game. Mm-hmm. You can't win in that situation. It's just growing pains. Lamar's going to grow. He's going to get more playoff games under his belt. It probably would have been better for you guys, Ravens fans, if you were in the wild card round. Because he would have had a little tune-up game against a lesser team and would have stayed fresh and would have stayed hot and you would have yes. kept your run going. Missing uh, Mark Ingram was huge. You can't understate that. But getting back to our game, getting back to the beast that is Derrick Henry, he had 30 carries for 195 yards last game. He threw a cool little jump pass for a touchdown <laughs> near the goal line. You know how many rushing touchdowns he had with that 195 yards? I'll give you a hint. It starts with a Z and rhymes with hero. He had no touchdowns rushing people. Okay, his 195 was between the 5 and the 5. And while that little jump pass for the touchdown was cute, and Ryan Tannehill getting two touchdown passes is cute, Patrick had five by himself. Five. (laughs) Meanwhile, the ineffective Chiefs running game, it's there, folks. We go to it when we want it or need it, just to mix it up, just to keep people, you know what, we aren't going to always pass. We're going to pass a lot. We're not going to always pass. With four minutes and 39 seconds remaining in the third quarter. 4.39 in the third quarter. So we're under 20 minutes left in the football game. Damian Williams had seven carries for nine yards and two touchdowns. 
and proceeded to have a receiving touchdown as well. So for people who think that our running back isn't an impact running back, he counted for three of those touchdowns, everybody. The kid is back. He's healthy. He's playing like he did in the playoff game against the Colts. And he's running hard. Those lines, those runs at the goal line, he's yes. running hard in there. He's running angry. He's running like a bigger guy than he is. He gets stood up a little bit, but when we need a yard and he gets two, I don't care if you stand him up after two. We scored already. Absolutely. He's a beast. He's showing people that he's legit. Absolutely. And amazingly to me, not so amazing because the refs this year have been a little bit sketchy, um, there was one hit on Tyreek early in the game where he was turning and jumped for the ball and one DB was coming in to grab him and the other guy came flying in and wailed him in the back. If that's not a textbook defenseless receiver penalty, I have no idea what's going on. I don't know what the rule means then. Meanwhile, Damian Williams scores his first touchdown, which was on a, a tough one-yard, pounded up the gut, drive the line back into the end zone, get the touchdown. He turned around, looked at the D-lineman, and dropped the ball, like dropping the mic in front of him. And he got an unsportsmanlike, and the ref specified that it's of the type that if, another, if he has another foul like that again, he's ejected from the game? Really? Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, call the Wambulance. Football has become the pansiest sport in the world, if that's the case. You're going to enforce that to the tune of you might throw the guy to the game if you don't dare, uh, you know, mock somebody again or taunt them. What happened to sticks and stones? Well, and you know, Dan, names will you, never hurt me, teasing will never hurt me, but you're going to drop a football and it's, it's the end of the world. Absolutely. And I was just saying, you played the game. I've always been an yeah. observer. I've always been a fan. You've gone through the gauntlet of what happens out there on the field. So you've seen it change over the years with officiating yeah. and whatnot. So I agree with that call. <laughs> I mean, with how that, that played out or, um, yeah. yeah, it's just crazy. Some of these calls and the, I don't want to put, you know, officiating completely under the bus, but sure. there's lots of questionable out there. I did appreciate, I will have to throw this comment out there, uh, referees, officials, I really appreciated the fact that you guys were calling pass interference. You didn't let guys mug Travis early in the game, yes. so like, well, that's not going to work. Can't do that again like last time to get that fake interception. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, the stats with interceptions, sacks, etc. But yeah, they made a statement early on in the game that, you know, Play football. We're not going to let you cheat. Play football. They single-covered him with Lonnie, the cornerback. They double-covered him with the cornerback and the safety. Nothing worked. Travis found a way. Patrick found Travis. One plus one equals six in this case. (laughs) That's bad math, folks, but I got nothing else with that one. It's football. It's a touchdown. It's worth six. What can I do? Okay? But the fact that our running back had so limited carries early in the game, he ended up outrushing. Carlos Hyde. Do you know why that is? If he had so few yards and two touchdowns early in the game, hmm, maybe we were trying to salt the game away later and he was able to get chunks. Even though they knew we had to run the ball, he was still getting chunks because we committed to the run to try to end the game. And guess what happened? Eight yards, 10 yards, 12 yards, six yards. They all add up. It adds up in chunks and it adds up quickly. I'm really excited about this next game. What were your thoughts on the contributions by... Mr. 14, Sammy Watkins, a lot of naysayers out there this season, mm-hmm. ignoring the fact that he's contributing even when he's not making catches, he's contributing. He's drawing attention away from Tyreek and away from Travis. And, oh, by the way, if you go cover those other guys with too many people, Sammy's going to rip you. Yep. 
Sammy did a great job. It was really, really nice to see him getting so many snaps and doing very well out there with um, receptions, with doing what he can to pull away from and cause create a little bit of distraction over here. I just thought it was really nice to see him having a good game. And another big thing he did was remind us of his value with the run after the catch. Sammy's a big body guy. He's not, he's not small Absolutely. by any means. He's not Travis size, but he's a big physical receiver and he can move well. And after the catch, he's like a running back. And he twisted those guys up. There was a couple times there. I thought he was going to break it. And that's a, just an invaluable asset when you've got, and he's four, four speed as well. Then you got, Tyreek is probably running a four one eight, some crazy alien speed. Oh yes. And then Travis is just juking guys out of their pants. It's just it's awesome to see our team playing that well. I want to talk about a couple of things that happened in the game. The unsung heroes of the game. Sammy was one of those. Sammy was my probably my unsung hero of the game. Mm-hmm. Another one was Rashad Fenton. Rashad Fenton, I mean Dan Sorensen, let's be real. I mean he wasn't unsung. He was a hero of the game. He was one of the heroes. I was going to say, he was so not unsung. he was one unsung. of Mahomes, <laughs> Mahomes' heroes. Uh, but Fenton, there was one play where they gave the ball in a reverse to Kenny Stills, who was going to roll out to throw a pass. Fenton basically tracked him down and sacked. would have been a sack if it was a quarterback because he got him behind the line of scrimmage. Got his knee on the ground before he released the ball. The very next play, he ranges over to make a TD-saving tackle on Will Fuller, who can move, who had beaten Charvarius Ward. And he, if he doesn't get him, he's all the way to the house. And the only reason that wasn't more highlighted was because Watson finished the drive with a leaping touchdown, but the ball was starting to move when he was in the air. He shifted it over to the other hand, and it was sliding still, and he yes. got popped, and the ball went flying through the end zone. Thankfully, this ended up a victory for the Chiefs, but had it not, that would have been a play people would have been pointing to going, that was not a touchdown. That was very close, but that Absolutely. ball was moving by the letter of the rule. That, of course, shouldn't have counted. But it's all good. Yes. All's well that ends well. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It would have mattered if we would have lost, but it didn't matter. It's funny. They were, I liken them to a gunslinger in the later part of the game. Kudos to the Texans. They, they fought hard at the end and they tried. They put up some meaningless numbers. Some of those meaningless, which I think the Titans are going to end up doing against us. I think they're going to put up a lot of meaningless late game numbers between the 20s and they're not going to score enough and we're going to beat them by 17 or more. I'm saying it right now, Chiefs Kingdom. 17-plus point you victory. You heard it here first. Okay. Patrick Mahomes is not to be toyed with. This team loves that kid and f- will follow him through fire. This this team is just intensely positive. And you have to kind of be a little crazily optimistic when you're following a team like this because they are never out of it. Absolutely. And the poise that he was able to show in rallying the team back up, the confidence that every player on that sideline bench showed, even though that deficit at 21 nothing at one point, that just shows the kind of leadership and the person that Patrick Mahomes is. And at no point are we out of the game. And think of the final score. It was 24 nothing. That means we outscored them 51 to 7 the rest of the way. We had an unanswered 41 point stretch. And kudos to Deshaun Watson over there because he was, if it was a bunch of gunslingers over that didn't know it was over, he was Johnny Ringo. He was Johnny Ringo in Tombstone. Okay. And our team was Doc Holliday, and he didn't know that he'd already received the, the, the killing blow. He was still staggering around, firing shots in the air, trying to make something happen. And, and you, gotta, you know what? Deshaun Watson, you're no daisy. You are no daisy. That dude, he fought and he tried and he did what he could. It's just too much, man. 
All I heard all week going into the game was how they'd beaten us before, and the speed on that receiving core, you got to watch out. Really, their receiving core is the one that has to be worried about. I will take ours any day of the week. They have a good receiving core. Ours is better. It was one of those situations where you watch the two teams, you look at the two teams, anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. <laughs> now this week, okay, Titans might have us in the run game, but guess what? That passing game game, it's going to be no contest. We have the edge in spades at every position. A.J. Brown is a nice piece. He's a nice weapon on their offense. Johnny Smith's playing above his head. Their tight ends are playing better than they are on paper. But they are no Travis Kelsey. And their receivers after A.J. Brown, again, I'll invoke the rock. It doesn't matter. You're not close to our receiving core. Not at all. And the guy pulling the trigger, kudos to Ryan Tannehill for elevating his career and becoming something that teams had wished he would have been in Miami, I'm sure. And he never seemed to get to that point, couldn't stay healthy, what have you. And he's just reinvented himself and got his mobility back. There's that guy that used to play wide receiver playing quarterback. Right. That makes sense that he can run around like that. Guess what? Number 44, Dorian O'Daniel, was spying to Sean Watson last week. Mm-hmm. He was not letting him get out of that pocket. He was not letting him make the game his game and take it on his shoulders and make big plays that broke our back. He wasn't letting it happen. And Deshaun Watson is a better running quarterback than Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill's legs, mark my words, Ryan Tannehill's legs will not be the difference in this game and will not upset this apple cart. Because guys like Daniel Daniel, Teron Matthew, mm-hmm. Terrell Suggs, mm-hmm. a lot of that game was just Terrell Suggs and Tano Passigno and the guys in the middle were all traffic cops directing Watson. Nope, get back in there, get back in there. Meanwhile, Taz just whipped around. And just went after him. <laughs> Got him three times. Frank is incensed. That D-line is not to be toyed with. This is the biggest stage so far this season. And we have a guy on this roster we didn't have last year. I love me some Justin Houston. Justin Houston does not have the notches on his belt that Terrell Suggs has. That's right. Terrell Suggs has at least two to three huge plays in him mm-hmm. per big game. He's going to make an impact. You watch. He's going to make some plays that make an impact on this game, that affect drives, that end drives, that possibly turn balls over. There were a few times it was all Deshaun Watson could do to not give the ball up. The stat line said that there were no turnovers in that game. They actually turned the ball over four times on fourth down. So in my books, that's four turnovers. We're plus four. That's four. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens this week, folks. I don't know about you, but uh, I think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be a battle. But if our defense asserts themselves and makes a statement early on and starts shutting Derrick Henry down, if this comes... And I think that's definitely going to be key. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. If this becomes any kind of passing battle, you don't want this smoke, Tennessee. No. You do not want this smoke. Because the guy that threw for 440 against you last time, he's healthy now. He was still coming off an injury, people. This offense is better. Damien Williams is healthy. That that fumble that he had was from indecision, from not having the explosion that he had before. He cut back and forth too many times, couldn't decide which way to go. He is now putting his foot in the ground, making a cut and going, people. Ask the Chargers. Ask the Chargers who injured him in the game in Mexico City when he wasn't quite right and he wasn't quite moving as quick and as snappy as he was last year. Ask them how different he was when we played him the second time. When he... Ran around the edge, 
stiff-armed a linebacker, did a spin move, and ran away from the entire Chargers defense. The dude can scoot. The dude's playing hard, and he's not to be toyed with either. Like I said, Fenton was a nice little, another rookie that's coming along and doing great things. I think Dan, for what he lacks in speed, DeWan is going to give us a little punch up front. I put a tweet out this week that force equals mass times acceleration, people. And what Dorian O'Daniel doesn't have in size and sand in his pants, as I like to say, he makes up for in speed. (laughs) That dude hitting backs in the backfield, he's got some experience against those big running backs out of Alabama. He had some good smacks on Bo Scarborough. Ask Bo. Bo will remember. When he gets a running back in the flats and that running back's on an angle and it's not a straight head up Krishna Koi, Stephen Atwater moment, you're going backwards, dude. The dude can bring a hit. And he's going to be in there a little more this week, I think, too. Who are you looking forward to seeing play this week that you think is going to make a big impact? Well, I think the Honey Badger is definitely going to have a pick. My goodness. (laughs) The nickname of or the fake statistic this season of almost interceptions <laughs> the he had another one this past week yeah added he, had, another he hadn't one, done he one like that since the charger game yes exactly so i think that he's going to have a big game and i just love how he's able to the flexibility of using him and allowing him to see the play develop and to, mm-hmm. to let him go where he needs to be and i that's why i think rashad did a great job this last weekend armani watts those guys being in those locations and spots which frees up yes kendall fuller he's been having a great last couple of weeks here too but just being able for for them to do what they do so that he can be free to do what honey badger does best i think he's to do honey badger things yes yes (laughs) (laughs) on the prowl get in there and dig dig. (laughs) get in there and scream and shout and make noises and hit people i would not be surprised at all if he takes one away uh fuller and fenton are going to be if if this was a video game their abilities this game are going to be plus one because of their experience last week and their fun and their excitement and because the receiving core is i would say a couple degrees slower Mm-hmm. then A.G. Brown's pretty fast. For a big guy, he's pretty fast, but they don't have the same speed as as Fuller and Stills. Right. Will Fuller and, and Kenny Stills are some fast dudes. So I think that our Fuller, Kendall, and Rashad Fenton and guys like that will be able to keep up with them a little bit better than they did last week. Rashad, uh, Traverius Ward absolutely will be able to stay on top of them. Yes. It'll be interesting to see how they pass those guys around. Mm-hmm. People, this is not the same defense. No, I watched several of those those replays from the last Titans game. There were so many times that our run defense sets were out of position. Guys weren't where they were supposed to be. That's not happening anymore. They haven't been doing that. Knock wood. They've been on point. They're adapted to Spag's system, and Spag's is making the right calls and calling the right stunts and calling the right blitzes and calling the stay-at-home contains on the edges at the right times. And if he can contain Deshaun Watson with his plan, he can contain... Ryan Tannehill. And if we're not afraid of Ryan Tannehill running, then it's about hitting Derrick Henry until we get up enough points that they stop relying on Derrick entirely. Mm -hmm. Then it's a passing game. Okay. You have Ryan Tannehill, and we have Patrick Mahomes. Bring it on. Exactly. And I think, (laughs) and I'm going to go back. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you said this is not a video game, and I wanted to correct you then and there and say, nope, this is better than a video game. (laughs) (laughs) It was a video game score, for sure. It was ridiculous. (laughs) It was ridiculous. Yeah, but their weapons are no slouch. They couldn't keep up, Mm -hmm. people. 
Does everyone out there really think that the Tennessee Titans are that much better on offense than the Houston Texans? Because the Houston Texans let them back into the playoffs? I bet they regret that now. You know, <laughs> who knows what the seeding might have been, but you know, maybe they wish they would have played a little more and played a little harder. And who knows? I don't know. Maybe they're glad they did what they did. Maybe they're rooting for their division rival. I know I wouldn't be rooting that hard for the Broncos or the Raiders right now. Oh, gosh. I'd be pretty annoyed not. if they were in. If we weren't. <laughs> but um, anything could happen any given Sunday. This is no discredit to the Titans. They could win. They beat us earlier in the season. It was a different team. It was a different game. And sometimes you have to lose to teams when it doesn't count as much so that when it really counts, you remember not letting that happen again. Exactly. Not today. You got your pound of flesh, Shylock. It's my turn. It's my <laughs> turn. And we're going to come out and hit you in the mouth. Everybody's, oh, everybody's talks tough until they get hit in the mouth. Well, guess what, people? Derrick Henry's going to get hit in the mouth, too. He's going to get hit in the mouth, in the chest, in the shoulders, in the legs, and by a lot of guys. Because I don't know if you've been watching our run defense, but it is a mob to the ball. It's like watching my daughter's soccer team. It's like a mob of kids around Bunch the soccer ball. ball. The soccer ball can't get any breath because there's so many kids around it. That's what Derrick Henry's going to be when he carries the ball. They're yes. going to be at least five or six shirts around him, and they're not going to be five yards away. They're going to be on him. So bring yes. your lunch pail, buddy. It's going to be such a difference maker for you know how for how many years now have we heard that like defenses win games, defenses help win games, and this is one of those that that's why this season feels so different. And I don't want to speak too far ahead yet because you know you and I have another conversation next week, hopefully. Yeah. Um, yes. But but it that, that's it's a big part of the reason why this season feels so different, especially watching the development and the growth, and it's so exciting. And that's what is going to, I feel, is going to contribute because our defense is going to limit the amount of time that their offense is on the field. And that was a big, big difference maker when the Titans played the Ravens was being able to keep the Ravens, their offense off the field. Mm -hmm. So this is Mm -hmm. going to be a huge, huge week for our defense. And this is it. Putting it all out there. And that was a prime example, that game, too, that um, as much as he's evolved as a passer, Lamar Jackson is not Patrick Mahomes. Lamar Jackson does not have the weapons that Patrick has. It's a very tight end oriented offense. They have Hollywood Brown who can go deep. They have some other choices, but it's not the same. It's not apples and oranges. Yeah, Lamar Jackson is certainly not the quarterback that Patrick Mahomes is. He's not. He's he's a talented guy. It's and it's this is the thing too. Remember what I said earlier about those big running backs for the Houston Oilers mm-hmm. and the Tennessee Titans folks, Earl Campbell and Eddie George, ask anyone who played against them, they were not to be messed with. They were bruising, pounding running backs. They ran the ball a lot. Seven and eight year careers. Okay? Lamar Jackson, for all of his ability, he's not built like those guys. It's gonna take a toll. Okay? Patrick runs when everyone somehow beyond my idea of, of how this is even possible. Somehow they forget about him because they're so worried about the speed of the offense and all the weapons downfield. And every once in a while he looks and goes, oh, I'll take this 16-yard lane you've given me for a first down. No problem. <laughs> and every once in a while it's close enough to the end zone that I'll just take it in all the way myself because your linebacker can't keep up with me. I'm just going to run this in, 15, get a rushing touchdown. Thank you. Take care of this. But Lamar's going to get hit a lot, man. People are like, oh, he didn't get hit that much. Okay, that's year one. Like you guys said about Patrick, everybody adjusts. Defenses are going to adjust. Mm-hmm. Defenses adjust to Michael Vick. Michael Vick was a shadow of himself by the end of his career. Right. He would he would drop the ball or fumble the ball on a hit every time near the end of his career because he just got hit so many times. You get rattled. Yeah. 
It's a and lot. That's the hard part when you are that type of a quarterback, you know, with that sort of running style, the athleticism there. There's only so much that you can take over yeah. the course of your career. So that's the, the big difference, you know, one of the big differences between Lamar and Patrick, Patrick's ability to make those plays happen with his arm as well as his and, legs, of course. And, I, and Deshaun is, is to a lesser extent a running quarterback, but he's got more passer ability, I think, and, and common sense. I don't know that he's any more accurate than Lamar. I think Lamar's got some good accuracy too. And, and given the right set of circumstances, stays healthy, you know, Maybe Patrick has some bad breaks in the offense, or we some guys go down. Like you never know who, which players you're going to lose in a given year. Things happen. Things happen, and teams take a bad year for a minute and take a tumble, and then they come back around. Lamar could win two or three championships. He's he's that talented of a cat. If you get the right pieces around him, yes. if Mark Ingram doesn't get hurt, stuff like that. Yes. But over the long term, give me Patrick Mahomes. Patrick's going to be around. All things being equal, and Patrick staying healthy because he doesn't put his body in harm's way like that, right. it's more likely for him to last 10 to 15 years than it is Lamar in the way he plays. I really enjoy watching this team turn all the naysayers aside. And here's something else that was different from last year. We were talking about how the defense is different. Last year, we were a six-inch penalty, D Ford. No offense. Oh, we're going to take it there, huh? <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to take it there because there's a lot oh, okay. around that. that I, think, I think D got a bad rap because I think that that offensive line was in illegal formation for 60% of the game mm-hmm. with their tackles two and a half yards off the line of scrimmage. And I'm not going to get into that because I'll get annoyed. But we were, we were one penalty in any kind of defense away from a Super Bowl. One play. A coin toss. We win the coin toss. There's no doubt in my mind. My military mind says we get the ball. Patrick Mahomes goes out there. We march down the field. Touchdown. Get out of Dodge. Let's get on to the Super Bowl. We never got a chance. This defense is so much better than just a little bit better than last year. This offense is healthy again. This offense is rounded into the shape. These are not the Chiefs of last year. No, they're not, but the record's identical. And we're hosting the AFC Championship again. And the defense is better. And that offense that you said is not the same offense people out there, naysayers, 51 in... What was it? 40 minutes. 40 minutes. 51 points. Better than a point a minute. I will take yep. that. That's pretty <laughs> darn good. <laughs> Looking forward to this game. Oh, I wanted to do some uh, some other stuff. Just some league stuff. We've talked a lot about our team. It's always about our team, of course. But just a couple of points I had brought out. Yes. I was looking at some stats. And the defenses of the four teams that are left, it's kind of not surprising that they're all there. They're, they're not too far apart in a lot of categories. Uh, in the sacks, for instance, everybody's writing off the Packers because of the game they had against the, the Niners earlier in the season. My money is you just ease up there. Let's, let's slow down. Let's slow down writing off the Patrick Mahomes 1.0 because Patrick, I think, is a lot like Aaron but more of a gym rat. I wouldn't write Aaron off anytime soon. And Aaron Jones has been a monster at running back for them. I think that receiver – look at receivers – the number one receiver for the Niners is Emmanuel Sanders. Give me Devontae Adams. Give yeah. me the younger, bigger, <laughs> just as fast weapon guy. As far as the defense, the, both the Smith brothers get after it. San Francisco gets after it. Okay. Sacks four and against San Francisco. 48-4, 36 against. Packers, 41-4, 36 against. Mm-hmm. They're only seven sacks apart, people. It's not a big disparity. There's another disparity that's a little more telling and a little more damning because if those sacks happen on first and second down, you still got life. Now, when you switch over to the interceptions, for and against. The 49ers have 12 interceptions on the season. They've thrown 13. 
The Packers have taken the ball away through the air 17 times and have only thrown four. Ooh, that could be a problem. Jimmy Garoppolo, just saying. Mm -hmm. Jimmy's played some great games. Right now, Jimmy Garoppolo is Rob Johnson and Matt Schaub. He's played some big games and has not won anything. Okay, he's not won a championship. He's not won, you know, he's... He's had some good moments. He's had some really good moments. He's had some not-so-great moments. And if you turn the ball over more in the playoffs, you generally lose the football game. Right. The Titans have 14 interceptions to their defense's credit. They've given the ball away eight times. Eight interceptions. Okay? Six of those were Tannehill. Two were Mariota. The Chiefs have taken the ball away 16 times and given up five, and I'd say four because that first one to the Texans was BS. I'm not going to give them that. That's an asterisk. Five with an asterisk. That's all you get. Okay? And sacks, this is where it gets really interesting. The Titans have 43 sacks as a team. I had to double check this like three times. They've given up 56 sacks. Wow. Of the four teams remaining, they've given up 20 more sacks than the next two closest teams, the Packers and the 49ers. 56 sacks. You know how many the Chiefs have given up? Less than half that, 25 sacks, and only 17 of those were on Mahomes. Moore got sacked because of his lack of mobility compared to Patrick. Mm -hmm. He got sacked eight times in two and a half games. Patrick Mahomes has only been sacked 17 times this season, people. They got Tannehill 31 times and Mariota 25 times, their opponents. And don't forget (laughs) those numbers due to the injured O-line that we had for a majority of that first part of the season. So out of that 25, five or six of those are maybe they wouldn't happen if the O-line was a little better. Maybe they wouldn't happen if Patrick was a little healthier and can run right. a little quicker. Maybe he gets rid of the ball faster. Maybe he gets out of the pocket, doesn't take the drop. Maybe he just steps up and delivers the ball with a little more zip and a little more oomph because he can push off a little better on that not any longer gimpy ankle. People forget about the ankle, people. He didn't just get injured against the Broncos when he dislocated his knee. He had a bad ankle sprain earlier in the season. He was dealing with it since week, I guess he got hurt in the Jaguars game. Yes. And then he aggravated it again in the Colts game and again in the Texans game. And then the knee was the Broncos game, and we all know what happened from there. He got healthy. Damian Williams got healthy. And here we are, one of the two last teams left in the AFC Championship, hosting for the second time in a row the AFC Championship game. I just wanted to bring those stats up because for those people out there that think that these games are going to come down to the 49ers defensive line, or the Tennessee Titans running back, they very well may. But ask most NFL football players, dollars to donuts, when it comes down to things being, you know, they're a little stronger here, they're a little weaker here, they have a little bit of it. There's no hugely dominantly different aspect on any one of these teams. They can get after the ball, the other guy can get after the ball. They can take the ball away, the other team can take the ball away. If you have your choice between quarterbacks, do you want Aaron Rodgers or Jimmy Garoppolo? Aaron. Do you want Patrick Mahomes or Ryan Tannehill? Patrick. <laughs> okay. So I would submit to you, gentle listeners, that the disparity between the run game of the Chiefs and the Titans might not even be as big as the disparity between Kansas City's receiving core and the Titans' receiving core. Because Damian Williams like Dorian and Daniel, for what he lacks for sand in the pants, he makes up for in punch, as in punching it into the end zone. Mm-hmm. And don't sleep on his speed because every once in a while Tyreek runs up and catches him from behind because he's a <laughs> spaceman. Okay? <laughs> he ran a swing route out of the backfield 
And the second he was even with the linebacker and the linebacker was facing the same way, he's actually a step behind the linebacker. He wasn't past the linebacker yet, but the linebacker was facing the wrong way. Immediately, Patrick zipped the ball into him because he knew once that hits his hands, he's gone. And there's nothing the linebacker can do except what he did. Turn around, chase, and fall on his face (laughs) trying to dive after the guy he has no chance of catching. Okay? (sighs) All things being equal, like I said last week, if they play their best game and we play our best game, the Chiefs should win this game by multiple scores. Yes. Barring injury, barring crazy abnormal gaffes, for all you pundits out there who might by chance listen to this that are saying... Well, if the Chiefs let them jump out to a multiple score lead, they're not going to jump back into it the way that says who really is that what you think? First of all, I don't think they're going to let them jump out to a big lead like that. The Tennessee Titans are not the Texans on offense. They're not as diverse. And a lot of things had to go wrong. The Kansas City Chiefs stepped on rakes. They injured themselves early in the game. They put some bandages on. They came back out and they went, oh, wait a minute. That's right. We're the Chiefs, not you. We are the Chiefs with the great offense that can put points up in a hurry. Three touchdowns in three minutes and 23 seconds. Four touchdowns in nine minutes. Down 20 points plus, leading by halftime. Never been done. Down 20 points plus, win the game by 20 points plus. Never been done. This team is not to be toyed with, people. Just like that running back is a bull in a china shop. You know what you do? Close the doors of the china shop. Don't let him get on a run. Shut him down before he gets rolling, and guess what happens? Nowhere to go. He's just going to stop him in his tracks. There's nowhere to go. That's the answer I wanted. There's nowhere to go. Wait, wait. What is this pen you're holding there? This pen is the last thing I want to touch on. So the other thing that was different from last year, besides our defense, is I didn't get to see the game live this year. Some of you may or may not know I'm an actor and a filmmaker, and I was on set on Sunday. And the set went long, and I missed the entire game. I got to see the last seven minutes of the Packers game. I did, however, resist my better judgment. I thought it was better judgment at the time. I was like, I don't want to know. I don't want to see. And then I thought about it. Wait a minute. If I don't check in at all and we lost badly, I'm going to be so mad. This is not knowing anything had happened yet, not knowing any score or whatever. I'm like, I'll just, I'll just check in once in a while. I turned my phone on, and I checked the progress of the game. And we were currently down at that point, 21 to nothing, and it said end of the first quarter. I'm like, oh, shoot. All right. Um, I might have used harsher language. To be <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> but I was like, where's my, where's my hat? Because I brought my hat. The hat I'm wearing right now is a camouflaged uh, salute to service Chiefs hat. It was in my car. I couldn't get it. So on set, locked down, getting ready to do another shot. I went and I grabbed my briefcase. What do I got? What do I got? I had a little package of five pens. That my wife, God bless her, says she likes the Chiefs. She's not a football person. She's just <laughs> not. But she got me these pens that say KC Chiefs on them. And she got me a salute to service long sleeve tee. But I had the pens in my bag. I'm like, you know what? I told my assistant, I got to use one of these pens. I got to get some. This is my rally pen. This is my rally pen. We're going to come. It's like, and I looked on a different site and I saw people going in the bag and going in the tank about the Chiefs. And I immediately text, do you know who our quarterback is? This is not over. Mark my words, this is not over. Went back to set, wrote a couple notes with the pen, shot another take, shot another scene. Nine minutes later, I go back and I check the game. It's 24-14. And I'm like, oh, "Oh, here it comes. Here we go. Check the score again at halftime, 28-24. How about now? Is it over now? It's not over, is it? And, of course, we all know what the outcome was. 
51 to 31. Your Kansas City Chiefs, I believe my prediction on the Chiefs wire was we would put up 42 points. They put up 51 points in one half plus 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. This team was down 24 points, and your quarterback was on the sideline just saying, let's just go out there and do something special. We've done this to ourselves. They've already counted us the blank out. Just go make a special play. Make something happen. Let's go do something special. And guys got fired up. And the the turning point for me was after the blocked punt. Or sorry, the the punt fake tackle by Dan Sorensen. Yes. Dan also got the uh, forced fumble on the kickoff return, everyone. If you're not aware of that, Dan made a multiple, multiple special teams plays the other game that, that made a big difference. When he tackled Reed in the open ground, which a lot of you fans don't think he's capable of, he can. He can do it. When he made that tackle, and it was 24-7, and we're getting the ball back, they were jumping around like peewee kids who had just taken the lead in the big All-State game. Jumping around, high-fiving each other. And I was like, you know what that energy reminds me of? It reminds me of the Buffalo Bills when they were down to the Houston Oilers, and Frank Reich had turned the ball over, and they'd gone up even more after half, and they started coming back on the first score. That Bills team was like, now it's on. Now we are here. We were up we were up in the box, up in the booth there, getting some nachos covered with cheese. We're here now. <laughs> this is the game started now. You were you were playing apparitions of us. This wasn't us really. This was just some ghosts you saw that looked like us. Now we're here. Flesh and blood, ready to play, game on. And they held court. And the Texans couldn't match them. I think we're gonna get out to a nice little lead. I think we're going to contain Derrick Henry early and often. And if he gets over 125 yards, I'll be surprised. I wouldn't put 100 past him. Guy's a big dude. Got to deal with that. But this is not you tackling him, listener. This is not even me, former (laughs) semi-pro guy, who didn't mind hitting a big dude in the mouth. Now I'm older. I'm not as strong. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. That's the way these guys think. They don't think like, oh, I'm going to make a business decision. I'm afraid. They are one step Oh, wait, do you know how much difference the divisional round making that decision to hit a guy and knowing if I make that play now, it might be the reason we get to the Super Bowl. Right on. The next stop is the Super Bowl in Miami. Oh, my gosh. Everyone that's playing this weekend, all their chips are in the middle of the table. They are all in, people. Lose this, and you go home one game before the Super Bowl. Win this, and you're on your way to Miami. And we all know what that felt like last year. Oh, that felt horrible. That's the other thing. This team, you think the Titans want this? Every time the Titans have beat us the last few years, it's been really questionable calling or we shot ourselves in the foot. They have not been the better team. They've gotten away with some questionable plays. Jeff Triplett calling forward progress multiple times. Just don't even get me started. They've not earned it. They've been granted it by the universe and by the referee gods. Okay, this team is better than that. This team is far better than they were last year on defense. And they all have that. They're looking at that arm and they're looking at that scar. And it's right there. I'd submit to you there, Chiefs. You all should draw like a little red line on your wrist. Somewhere you can see it before each down and remind yourself. That's the scar from last year's AFC Championship loss. Don't let it happen again. Go get them on Sunday. Show them whose house it is. Win this game. Let's get back to the Super Bowl. Let's get Lamar's trophy back. 
Let's start with that. Let's get Clark's dad's trophy. How good would that feel for Mr. Hunt to get back his dad's trophy for the first time in a long time? 50 years, people. That's a lifetime for some people. It's a long time. Mm -hmm. We need to get that trophy back. We need to get this win. And we need to get down to Miami and get another Super Bowl. First things first, on to the Titans. On to the Titans. Dan, don't stop using that pen in these next few days, please. Oh, this pen, if we win it all, dare I say, when we win it all, this pen is going into a frame, and it's going to be in my man cave for my lifetime. Love it. And it's going to be a pen that started the positivity rolling in my brain on that big day. And that's all it is, people. It's for me. It's not for the team. These guys made this happen. Make no mistake. These guys in red and gold for us, they're the ones who made this happen. We're all there. We're all cheering. Fans are important. Don't get me wrong. It matters. They love our energy, and it's great. And people can feed off of each other's energy. But those guys that play for our team are the ones that made this happen. Don't disrespect them by thinking anybody else had anything to do with it other than the coaches and the guys on the field. They're the ones that decided. There's a dust-up. They line up across from the guys in front of them, and they win or they lose, and it's on them. It's not on us if they lose. It's not on us if they win. We just get to celebrate with them. We get to enjoy it, and they do it for us, and we cheer for them. Absolutely. Any other thoughts you had for this week, Kong? I I just have that anxious excitement in my stomach. Like before Uh I would step out for a performance or something, that's what I feel. Sure. And I'm just really, really, really excited for this weekend. It's been a long time. And I know, you know, there are fans who have been fans longer than I've been alive, but it's been a long time coming to come down to this this weekend here. Yeah. I have butterflies the size of A-10 Thunderbolts (laughs) in my stomach. (laughs) I want them to get that trophy back, the Lamar Hunt trophy, get to the Super Bowl, win it all. Get the Titans monkey off their back. Yes. Everybody that thinks that they've got some juju over us, they do not. Get in there, guys. Hit them in the mouth. Win this football game. Shut up all the naysayers. Yes. And let's get on to the next game where, of course, we're going to hear for two weeks how the NFC team is an overmatch for us and we can't measure up to them. I know that's what will come next, and that's all good. Bring it on. That's big trust in the house. Reigning MVP. I'm going to take Mark Ingram's, all of his juju stuff that he was doing for Lamar. Oh, my gosh. Bring it on. Okay? Because we got the guy. We got the guy at number 15. And we got the team behind him that believes that he can do anything. Yes. He can do anything on that field that anyone has ever been and maybe some people have never been capable of. I want to take a second to say thank you once again to Hong Forrest, the Chiefs fangirl. It's always a pleasure having the golden voice on to chat with me. Thanks, Dan, for having me. Looking forward to this weekend. It can't get any better than this right now. I'm looking forward to our team going out there with those butterflies like we were talking about because I'm sure they get them. When I used to play, I used to get a little bit of them until that first hit, and you're like, oh, yeah, I can do this. I got hit, and I didn't explode. I'm still alive. Let's get it on. I think they're going to do that. I think they're going to come out strong. I think they're going to score early and often, and they're going to make a statement game out of this, and they're going to win this game and throw the fear into the hearts of the NFC champions on their way to winning the Super Bowl this year, folks. We're on to the Titans, AFC Championship Week in Arrowhead, Second time in a row, first time in franchise history. Let's finish this run, Chiefs. Get out there. Believe in your team. Stay positive. Go Chiefs.
Terrell Matthew breaks down why the Chiefs' work is far from done heading into this Sunday's matchup. Uh, you know, just trying not to peak too soon. Um, it's still early in the week, but, uh, you know, a great opportunity to, you know, obviously play in front of Kansas City and play in front of the world. And to be on this stage, uh, I think it's everything you work for, uh, especially myself, uh, being in my seventh year, uh, going through what I've gone through early in my career. Um, you know, uh, to be in this position, uh, it's a blessing. Can you find yourself like staying up late at night, you know, two o'clock in the morning, knowing the game that I got coming up this Sunday? Probably not two o'clock, but you know, I'm, I'm up. I'm up late at night, right before I go to bed. I'm I'm visualizing plays um, that need to be made. Um, I'm thinking about, you know, what do, what what do the Titans like to do? You know, what's their favorite route concepts? Um, so uh, I'm visualizing myself Sunday, you know, being a guy that can help my team. John, let me talk to you about tackling a lot of yeah, man. Um, you know, they, they're so big up front. I think their offensive line is, you know, really underrated. Um, you know, they're mean, they're nasty. Um, you know, they believe in themselves. They play together. Um, and I think that ultimately they believe in the guy behind them. Um, Thank Henry, you know, obviously put together a, a great season, um, you know, done a lot of great things for his team, and they're really leaning on him. And I think the mentality is, you know, somebody's going to have to stop him. Um, somebody's going to have to make a tackle on him um, if we want to get to Miami. So, um, you know, uh, it's one goal, one objective uh, to, to win the game. But uh, in order to do that, we know we got to we got to slow down 22, no doubt. And when you last played them, he ran for 188 yards. How do you feel your run defense as a unit has improved from that time since? Yeah, I mean, like I said, he, he's a great back. Uh, it's hard to kind of keep those guys bottled up all game. Um, I think the most important thing is, you know, we got to finish the game strong. Um, you know, if you watch a lot of Derrick Henry, um, he gets stronger as the game goes on. Um, the, his first halves, they aren't that great, um, but second half football, he takes off, so um, you know we gotta we gotta be well rested, hydrated, um, in order to, to kind of finish 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 the game. Um, you know, really try to compete against him and slow him down when it matters the most in the fourth quarter, four minute drive, six minute drive, seven minutes left. I remember last time we played him, it was nine minutes on the clock. They were down by nine, and they kept feeding him the ball. So uh, you know uh, you, you know that they believe in him. So does he become more effective late? because he's more de- runs in a more determined fashion, or do defenders become wary of tackling or physically tired of the challenge tackle? I think it's a combination of both. You know, like I mentioned, um, you know, even when they're down, they're still feeding him the ball. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, playing basketball and your coach tell you, keep shooting. And so you build that confidence. You you know that your team believes in you. And I think that's the kind of confidence they're playing with. I think that's what they're, you know, looking forward to. Um, and um, it's been working well for them. Tom, we, we see a lot of the, the X's and O's, maybe the implements, but personality-wise, what's his personality in, in, in how he plays and how he sort of been imprinted on the defense? Yeah, man, um, you know, he's a Christian man, um, a lot of faith. Um, you know, he's a believer. And uh, I think ultimately he believes in us, you know, uh, I can remember earlier instances in the season where, you know, we weren't necessarily playing well. Um, he continued to be positive. Um, obviously, he detailed things uh, much more. Um, but I think he's always been about us. He's always been about his group. And I think he has a, I think he has a good feel for putting his guys in, in, in good positions and, you know, positions that favor their abilities the best. Our last week's game was uh, 
your first expended playing time without Ron Thorne. You know, how do you feel like you guys adjusted without him? And did his absence maybe have anything to do with that first touchdown that Houston scored the other day? Well, I probably probably wouldn't say that. Um, just just really miscommunication on on our part. Um, but uh, I think no doubt we missed him. You know, uh, made a lot of splash plays for us. Um, so uh, obviously, Dan, I have to step up again. Uh, I thought he played well last week. And um, you know, anybody that's filling in for him, um, uh, just just understand that you know you're replacing a guy that that made a lot of plays. So uh, I think it's important to kind of keep that in your mind going forward, knowing that you know your team needs you because. You know, we counted on Juan, you know, a whole lot throughout the regular season. Back in 15, you got hurt at the end of the year and the team made the championship game. What was that experience like having to watch that and not being able to be able to be a part of it? And does that make you, like, yeah, man, uh, I think back in 15, um, you know, being a part of that team and obviously not being able to finish, um, you know, it was devastating for me. Uh, you know, I really felt like, you know, I was a part of that team and, you know, I, I, I had a certain identity within that team and uh, to not be out there, uh, you can kind of, you can see it affect your team in a, in a sense. Um, but I think now, man, I'm, I'm, I'm so blessed, so fortunate to uh, be healthy, uh, to, to, to be around people that, that, that believe in me. Um, and I think ultimately all those things uh, has really helped me kind of take a step back, reflect on this week, and, you know, be grateful um, of the position that I'm in right now. Right, talk about stopping their run. What about A.J. Brown? He's super explosive all year, been limited in the playoffs. How much attention does he demand from you guys? Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, he's a rookie, but he's a great receiver. Uh, I think he has a lot of potential, obviously. Uh, his, his production speaks for itself. I think the most important thing with him is when he catches the ball, tackle him. Uh, he's one of those guys, when he gets his hands, hands on a ball, um, he can make a lot of people miss. So uh, I think that's the part of his game that, that really separates him from, from, from most rookies and, and most wide receivers in the league. Last three, Karen, James, Pete, and Morgan. Karen, when you come off a game like the game you guys had, to win it the way you did, to be down, to have the leadership step up, and then to just totally turn the tables and have a victory of 20 points. How does that help you prepare you for the next level that's harder and more pressure and more physical? Is that almost like the best way to prepare for the next big game? Yeah, I think I think this week, um, I think it's an emphasis on really a sense of urgency, right? Uh, you want to get out there. Uh, you want to start the game faster. You want to start the game better. Obviously, defensively, uh, can't have any blown coverages on the first series. Um, Got to be able to tackle and get off the field in the first series. And uh, so uh, I think that's our mindset. Uh, so I think it was good to kind of go down 24 nothing uh, last week. And obviously, to, to win that game was, was good. But um, I think it, you know, it gave us some coaching points, uh, gave us some things that uh, we could work on. And um, so that's what we're going to do this week. James. Tyron, I'm curious what you're going through your head when you're watching these guys play in the AFC Championship last week probably on TV where you were at and you didn't know you'd be coming here. What's it like now that this is kind of something that you're finally getting a chance to do that you've watched your team and now you've watched them probably last year you get a chance to be a part of it? Yeah, man, like I said, man, so grateful um, for the opportunity. Um, to, to really be in this position. Um, obviously, I knew when I came here, there was going to be a lot of hard work to, to get back to this point. Um, you know, uh, so really, really more, not, not so proud of myself, but proud of everybody around me. Um, uh, the commitment that everybody really had, uh, even our younger guys. Um, I think everybody's committed, um, and I think the coaches are doing a great job as well. Aaron, I did when uh, you were unafraid to just say, I'm here to be a leader. Uh, when you were voted 
promoted a captain, you have guys pointing to their helmet like you do and saying things like the swagger and the landlord. Do you feel like, and I know you have more to play for, that you kind of accomplished that in a sense of becoming what you wanted to be? Yeah, and I, you know, I think ultimately, you know, um, you know, my, my job isn't done, you know, uh, and, I, and I think being a leader, uh, being a guy who has, you know, big picture goals, um, you know, I understand that, you know, in order to, to, to really accomplish something, you got to got to finish it. So uh, I think that's my mindset to to never really get caught up on, you know, being an all pro or being a leader or being a landlord. Obviously, it's good to kind of have those feelings and emotions. But uh, I think ultimately, you know, my, my only job here is to, to finish the job. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate Thanks. it. Thank Thanks. you. For everyone at Chiefs Wire, we'd like to thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure to follow us on social media at The Chiefs Wire for more information. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Check us out next time.